Jenny Mitchell releases her new album, Tug of War, tomorrow. But she's here today to tell us all about it. Now based in Wellington, Jenny, like all of us, has been through a lot these past few years. Fortunately, she has friends like Tammy Nielsen and producer Matt Fell to help turn her ups and downs into songs and stories. So what does Jenny have planned for the big release day? Give it up, girl, let it go. He ain't changing, no, no, no. Give it up, girl, let it go. He ain't changing, don't you know? The stakes it is a big day. Yeah, we've got um, breakfast first thing in the morning, and um, I've got some interviews in person, which is really nice. I'm excited to do some in-person stuff. Sure. And um, then we've got RNZ Live in the afternoon Woo-hoo. as well, which I'm very much looking forward to. Very yeah. Good. That'll be fun, man. <laughs> Alrighty, so the album is called Tug of War. We've, we've heard a few tracks over the months, so folks should be somewhat familiar with what you're doing. But um, the previous album was Wildfires. Um, so how, and my understanding is from reading the press stuff, this is an album about growth, if other things. So with that in mind, tell us a little bit about the making of Tug of War. Yeah, I think that I've discovered that your early 20s are quite an up and down sort of time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I sort of started writing this album thinking that it was going to be an album about new love and quite a simple album that I could explain and describe in one sentence. But so much has happened in the last couple of years, as it has for everybody. But I, I do think... Um, you know, big life events like moving, I moved to the North Island, moved to Wellington, which was a pretty big move for me and left a relationship. And then a couple of big life things, like I lost my granddad and watched my dad go through that experience, losing his dad. And I guess they are kind of often attached to your early twenties part of your life. So um, yeah, lots of ups and downs. And um, it was, Sorry, I just had a phone call come through. I'll just turn that off. <laughs> That's all right. Um, yeah, so yeah, lots of ups and downs, hence why the name of the album is Tug of War, because I have felt like there's been lots of different directions over the past couple of years. Okay, so with that in mind, do you feel like a different artist uh, from when you made the previous record? I do. When I made Wildfires, I was 18, right. and I think... I had an amazing time and I worked with the same um, producer, Matt Fell, who I love working with. And yeah, he's, he's awesome. But I do think that probably the main difference was that I was worried about fitting into a certain sound category or a sound box. And with this one, for lots of different reasons, we had a lot more time to work on the album because uh, we worked on it remotely because I couldn't get to Australia. And so I had, months with some of the songs listening back to them and thinking about what could be a good addition or what didn't quite work which is a luxury that you don't always have when you're making a record um so yeah there was lots of I think interesting paths that I may not have taken had of we been in the you know in the studio in five days trying to get it all done so um yeah I think the the main difference when I hear the two and think about the two is that I explored just some sounds that are are maybe outside of the traditional country box or what people would presume is country music. Um, Yeah. Well, he does like his banjo, doesn't he? He does. And so do I. (laughs) And I think I really, I I had a bit of that in wildfires, but I really loved having that in there. And like Rod who plays the banjo, he sort of 
plays it in a way that I don't know. I, I really love the direction that yeah. you took with lots of different tracks, and um, yeah, I think it's a pretty beautiful yeah. instrument when it's played right. <laughs> <laughs> so, what what song did you just start with when you started making the record? What came first? Uh, Lucy came first. Oh, okay, actually, cool. Which is yeah, that's one that's that's already out, yep. and um, yeah, we started working on that remotely right in the middle of 2020, so right in that proper lockdown, no outside world time. And I had had that song for a couple of years and yeah, just knew that I wanted to start this next chapter. Wasn't sure what direction it was going to take, but I knew that Lucy was going to be part of it. So we just, yeah, started with that one little song. I knew I was old when I heard you in the video about the making of the thing, having to explain to people who Lucille Ball was. Because, you know, I, know. I grew up watching that stuff. <laughs> I love Lucy. So. Lucy's got a pretty house and two little girls now. So tell me what she kind of because I think there was a film that came out about Lucy and Desi and all that as well fairly recently. Did you go to see that? No, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard lots of good things about it and. Um, yeah, t to me, I suppose I have an interesting perspective because I didn't know who she was, right. and I was studying, um, I was studying film from the fifties while I was at university, right. and so that's how I came across. I had to write about um, I Love Lucy and the impact that it had on people, and particularly the impact that it had on what a female character was and what what that should be or should not be on a screen and stuff. So um, I got quite enchanted by. Uh, Lucille Ball the person really like I thought she was an incredible woman and yeah that's that's where the the song came from and my audience tends to be split half of them <laughs> think it's hilarious that I don't know who she is and half of them are my age right. and they're like who's that yep, 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 <laughs> so yeah hence the education <laughs> <laughs> very good well she was I mean because back in the 50s um most of the women that were on television were the wives of the men who were on television or whatever. So Lucy was kind of the first main character that the show was built around her. You know, she did have Desi, obviously, but, uh, you know, she yes. was the one the show was named after her. So there you go. So, so yeah, she was a trailblazer. Yeah, and she was a trailblazer. And even more so, I think, after she was Lucy, her, like, they started a production company yep. together and she was one of the only heads, yep. uh, female heads of yeah. production companies. And, Made, yeah, lots of Desi, great Desi things. Desi Lou Productions, so, yeah. I believe it's called. That's the one. Yes, yeah. Oh, you know you know all the things. A, yeah. well, that's because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, that, well, that's very cool. Um, so, from there, what came next making the record? Did you have an idea? And you, you kind of mentioned that you didn't want to sound like a typical, you know, be set in a box. So, how did you, you and... Um, and uh, might Matt rather approach that problem? And, and did you do it like song by song or did you have an overall kind of sound that you wanted to achieve? Yeah, the next song that we did was actually Somehow, which is also a track that's released and yep. it's probably the opposite of Lucy. Right. I went down to see my guy just after my day. The lights were out in the cold house and a brown eyes to When I look at the album, they are sort of yeah the different ends of the spectrum. 
And so I actually was fortunate to get some New Zealand on their funding for that song yep. for somehow. And so that um, sort of made the decision for us that that was the next song we were going to work on. And I think that was the song that set the tone that we were going to explore different sounds because even my vocal is a lot more um, extravagant than than some of my previous work and a lot bigger than some of the other stuff I've done. So I wrote dramatic. We just, <laughs> dramatic, yes, yes. That's, that's a good word to describe it, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I love, you know, music like that, that kind of dark Americana thing. I've listened to a lot of that growing up. Right. Um, but I hadn't really explored it so much in the studio or in my own music. So we just decided, okay, this is the song to to try this out on and let's see how we go. And so I think those two songs, Lucy and Somehow, set the tone. And then from there, we started working on like the collection of songs as a whole. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And speaking of the video, so you have a guy named Wade who seems to be your, your man Do you go to. So uh, what kind of discussions do you and he have about the making of these videos? Because Lucy has like, yeah. uh, or Lucy has uh, somebody playing Lucy, and somehow mm-hmm. this dancer in there is lovely. So there must be some uh, quite a bit of planning involved. Yes, I actually love the music video side of things, and uh, Wade and also um, a guy called Braden. They are in a, a company called Scrambler that's based in Dunedin, and I've worked with them for a few years on different um, projects and. Uh, knew that I wanted them to be the team that did all of the videos this time around, which has been really awesome because we have this big picture perspective of how they all fit together and everything. And usually the ideas start with um, a coffee meeting, a very important part of the process. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I really love coming up with the the initial concept. Like Lucy, for example, is these two bedrooms that we built or half bedrooms that we built. And I went to Wade with this idea that we would have two kind of like um, desks or bedroom desks beside one another. And so I sort of had the simple end of the idea and I knew that I wanted to have that rotation um, style that's in the video. And I didn't know how we were going to do it, but I knew that's what we wanted. And then Wade is often the guy with the big ideas and he said, well, let's just build a whole bedroom. Why not? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, and and the same with somehow I knew that I didn't want to be the main character of somehow. I wanted something, some other way right. to portray that. And, and we knew that it is obviously the dramatic sounding song that it is. And so we just, yeah, kept brainstorming and eventually landed on getting a dancer, which ended up being uh, one of my, very good friends um, from university, which was really cool. So there's been lots of awesome collaborations on this record. That's been, yeah, one of the best parts of making it, I think. Right. Now, speaking of your university and collaboration, I saw that you studied gender studies in university. Is that right? So which leads me to your collaboration with Tammy Nielsen and uh, Trouble Finds a Girl. So tell me how, because Tammy's kicking butt and taking names these days she's you know she's all over the place <laughs> so how, how did you and her get together for this track if trouble's gonna find you it's gonna have to find me too we'll throw that match together and watch it burn if trouble's gonna Yeah, so Tammy and I have known each other for a long time. She has been a huge inspiration to me for 
pretty much my whole life really um I think I saw her play for the first time when I was about 10 years old and I think people maybe think that um I'm lying when I'm saying that she is kind of the artist of my lifetime but she (laughs) yeah she is and she knows that we both know that it's true I think maybe people think it's fake but it's really not and um I used to drag my parents beg them to take me to any Tammy Nielsen show within radius of gore for years right, and right. years um and so yeah is there a radius of a gore <laughs> yes there is it's very central actually just around the big People fish that's in the that. middle i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah we've known each other for years and been friends for a long time and i had hoped that one day we would collaborate together yeah. um and the the chance did come up to get in the room to write together and i knew that this was the song that I wanted to write and it's obviously about the Me Too movement that happened here um, a couple of years ago I guess and unfortunately was not a surprising um, time for people that are in the industry because we all know that this stuff's been going on for a long time. But you say we all know that and uh, I I beg to differ because we don't all know and we should know. So like for instance I, I had a young uh, artist up here yesterday recording and she was in her early 20s or she is in her early 20s mm. and she had a song that kind of addressed the same issues and I talked to her about it and I was yeah, expecting right. to say oh yeah but it's getting better but she wasn't she was like no it's bad out there and you know she's had mm. to deal with stuff and I'm sure you have and I'm sure Tammy has and yeah. just er- all you folks and it just seems like what the heck you know it, how does this how does it change I know and I think yeah, I, th- I think you're, you're right, maybe, that we, those of us who had been exposed to it, uh, think that everybody knows. Right. And I think that that is part of the issue. And I've had so many interesting conversations, especially like since the song has come out and since I've started playing it with people, especially people who aren't in the industry, mm-hmm. that we've got this idea that it's like it's New Zealand, so it couldn't possibly happen yeah. here, I think, which is a really dangerous way to look at it. Yeah. Um so I hope that that is changing and I think that is changing. And I have seen positive change. I also agree there's huge, huge, you know, um, things to go. There's, there's years of work to go. But um, I have seen change. Places like bodies like Soundcheck Aotearoa have been hugely influential in making spaces safer. And I think at industry events, just having someone to set the tone. I've heard pretty much every event that I've been to in the last couple of years since that big Me Too movement right. here has started the conference or started the festival with just saying that like it's any kind of misconduct is completely not um, tolerated here and also given ways for people to get help in a way that is not scary or hard to do. And I think that's the big thing is that in those spaces, you know, like Song Hubs, which is actually where we wrote Trouble, that is a really good example. APRA Song Hubs started their week and they said there's a number in each of the writing rooms that you can call that's completely anonymous. It's not somebody who's here. It's not, it's an app per person, but it's not someone who's here at the song hubs. So you can have like a totally outside um, voice and help to report something to, or to talk to someone about what's, if something has gone on. So I think things like that, that because it's, it, it can be really scary. And especially in those environments where you've been given this opportunity and that's where I think a lot of the, the challenges come in is when you're in these environments and these people who are in power, maybe have given you this chance to write with these amazing people and do these amazing things. And so it's really hard to call people out. Yep. Um, and it's also about other people around us calling 
people out rather than having the victim or the person that's being affected to do it. And I think um, I've had lots of really productive conversations with people about that on the back of trouble as well, right. just about it's, it's, or everybody's responsibility. You're right, because it'd be easy for me to sit here and go, oh, what happened to you? And you could tell me all these horrible stories and it, it would yeah. feel like we're getting something accomplished, but really we're not. No. We could, what we yeah. need to do is call people out and make them be responsible for whatever it is they've done and without it being kind of salacious and all that stuff, you know, it just needs to be taken care of. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it's still, but it's still going on, which is very, I can't believe it. So, but with that in mind, I mean, now here I go, I'm going to be a bit of a sexist. Uh, Women in New Zealand making music right now are like kicking butt. Like I mentioned with the, with Tammy, but also you got Reb Fountain, you got Nadia Reed, Vera Ellen, uh, Emma Dilemma, Julia Deans, I mean, Georgia Lines, mm. all these folks. So do you guys, and I, <laughs> do you, do you feel like you're all part of a, a, a movement? Uh, you know, about back in the day, everybody liked to pit women against each other and, you know, start, mm. and I, I'm hoping that isn't the case these days and I don't think it is, but I'm just wondering if you, if you look at that and go, oh, look what Vera's doing or look what Nadia is doing and that helps yeah. you do it. Absolutely. I think that um, I'm very fortunate to know a number of those women very well. And I feel nothing but support in New Zealand from them. And uh, like Jamie McDowell is also just killing it lately. She's got a beautiful album that I listen to all the time. And I just think it's so important to have people in your corner. And yeah, I've never come across a situation in New Zealand with another female artist that's made me feel um, in any way pissed, you know, or anything like that. So I think that that is um, a really beautiful part of our industry is that there's just no space, no space for ego. And I think we, we are maybe part of a movement, but also people like Julia Deans have been awesome for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's exciting to see everybody else perhaps acknowledging that at the moment. It's really Yeah. Cool. I saw her in the background in one of your videos there clapping along and it was like, go Julia. She's, she's amazing. She is awesome. Yes. <laughs> and then I saw her at the uh, Fleetwood Mac thingy the other day too, where they were doing rumors. And Oh yeah, that would have been great. That looks so yeah, great. And that was yeah. Diane, again, Diane Swan, another one. And I mean, it's yeah, great. Mel Parsons. No, oh yeah, yeah. Mel's great. She's, I mean, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, the, the album finishes off with a couple of kind of personal songs, Love Isn't Words and The Bush and the Birds, which, or family related. Do you want to enlighten us a little bit about what's going on there to, to wrap up the album? Yes, of course. Yeah. So uh, the Bush and the Birds is actually only available physically at the moment. So it's a bit of a bonus, uh, bonus track. Okay. And um, yeah, the two songs are definitely kind of, um, they, they fit together, I guess. And the first one is about uh, watching my dad lose his dad, as I mentioned before. Um, Granddad Bruce lived a big, full and wonderful life um, and did all the things and had lots of ventures. And I think being, uh, I'm meant to be an adult, I think, at this point, and watching <laughs> that happen as an older person is really different to if you lose somebody when you're young. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I feel like you feel the weight of, of your aunties and your uncles and your dad and everything. And so I was just sort of observing that and love isn't words is sort of my response to the idea that when someone does pass away, people often say, oh, I wish I said X, Y, Z more. I wish I told them this more. And I feel like my family is um, like my dad is a bit of a 
a Southland farmer type. Yeah. And so is, is his dad very much so. And so they're not people that talk about those things all the time, but there's no doubt in my mind at all, you know, what, how he feels about me or how much he cares about his dad and so on. And so love isn't words is kind of, yeah, my way of summarizing that, that there's actually no need for, for that sometimes. And it doesn't mean that yep, yep, anybody yep. loves anybody less. Yep. <laughs> um, I can relate. And my yeah, father the was the a farmer and, he, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know what it's like. <laughs> and I never, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a song for, for dad really. And the bush and the birds is a song I wrote years ago. Um, just basically as an ode to my granddad, Bruce, and it's all about his love of nature and passing that on to, um, me and my sisters and, and our family. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a special one and one that I didn't think would be released publicly. Like it was just something that we had written, um, that I had written for for us pretty much and for him. Um, and he heard it and he, he loved it. So it's a, it's a happy one, um, for, yeah, for us to hear and features my auntie Jill, his, his daughter, um, with a spoken word and Te Rara Māori, uh, and the instrumental. So that was really special to have her a part of that too. Fantastic. It's all happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. All righty. So, um, so are you thinking in terms of what, how you're going to follow this now? I realize the record's just coming out tomorrow, but you know, everybody's been working on things for because of the pandemic for years already. So we're already like two steps ahead. Is that where you are or where are you just concentrating on this? I think I went through a phase of that because I had held on to the album for so long that you can't help but kind of look forward. But to be honest, at the moment, I've just got back from an Australian tour and I'm just falling in love with playing live again. I just love it so much. And it's always been my favorite part. I love the writing and I love the recording, but the actual playing and, and you know, exchange of energy that happens yep. is the best part for me. So um, I hope to tour this album a lot and extensively and wherever I can. Uh, I definitely will be, you know, making more records. But at the moment, I'm just really excited to tour. Tug All right. Well, we look forward to seeing you up here in Auckland as soon as you can. So yes, we'll be there. Sounds good. All right. <laughs> very good. Well, congratulations. Have a great day tomorrow. And thank you very much for sharing all that with me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Marty. Right. Appreciate Bye-bye. it. Bye-bye.